Boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Welcome to... Are they... Drunk. And there. I'm Christina. And I'm Emily. And this is a podcast about food and wine and science and whatever me and Emily decide to talk about. That's right. What are you drinking today? Today I have the Kirkland brand uh, Cabernet and it is their Alexander Valley Cabernet. It's pretty good. All right. <laughs> what about you? What are you having? Uh, so I had some beers while watching a football game today. So I pre-gamed this fall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything special? Just hopefully not Natty Light. Uh, it was not Natty Light. I had a lesion, uh, <laughs> some kind of orange peel, something or other, and it was not good. Specifically because I had brushed my teeth beforehand because we were going to a bar, and then I was mm. like, "A oh, mistake." Orange and toothpaste, not a good mixture. Nope. Anyway, anyway so um, today we are going to be talking about broccoli. Ta-da! <laughs> I know it's... Um, so broccoli is a green plant. It's in the cabbage family, and those cabbage family plants are typically called cruciferous vegetables. Um, and the actual head of the broccoli, that green part that you see is, uh, the flower buds. I didn't know if you knew that, Emily. Yep. Yeah. Um, then actually, so broccoli was originally cultivated in Italy, um, and its claims to fame are, it is high in fiber, um, and has antioxidants and and some of that is the that it contains vitamins and minerals such as vitamin C, A, um, as well as potassium and folic acid. Um, and typically it grows in moderate to cool climates. Yeah, something that's cool about, the, about broccoli is if you, um, from a planting perspective and like gardening perspective... Um, if you leave it out there long enough, which I don't suggest you do this because this is only like, yeah, this is if you've like forgotten about it, but um, you can actually go to, uh, you can have it go to flower and you can, that's when it, you see the tops kind of start to like turn yellow and stuff and all those little like beads at the top um, will actually start to like, like bust open, like, ta-da. Yeah. And actually when I was researching, um, broccoli of course i always look at the the google images and i got to see some of those yellow flowers and i was like well it's pretty i don't think i've ever seen broccoli actually flower before i have been an ambitious gardener before where i planted a lot of um different vegetables in our garden in pennsylvania when i was newer to gardening and didn't realize just how much a garden can produce vegetables. So I think we planted like too many butter lettuce and they all came around the same time. And you don't realize how quickly you can get tired of zucchini and butter lettuce if you have too much of them. So I imagine that that's what would happen to your broccoli. At least it flowers at the end of the day. 
Yep. Uh, that's what uh, like homesteaders and stuff have to deal with, right? Because they're growing like rows and rows of crops, and that's why you see a lot of people who have uh, smaller farms and things go to uh, farmers markets. Yeah, um, one of the best farmers markets. So Joe and I used to get all of our broccoli from this place in um, Green Bay called Motors, and they had not only. Uh, the best broccoli and uh, honestly because it was fresh picked from the farm it would stay in the fridge for longer than the store-bought stuff um but they also did different colored cauliflower which we'll talk about on a different episode but uh there's nothing like fresh picked vegetables right off the farm so if you're ever up in green bay definitely check out motors they have some really great stuff especially at their farmer's market on the weekend Okay, so as we were talking about before, um, broccoli's claim to fame, but just some background on its nutritional information, which I pulled from the FDA website. Um, One medium stock of broccoli uh, has about 45 calories, uh, 5 grams of fat, 4 grams of protein, 8 grams of carbs, and three grams of fiber. And that three grams of fiber is about 12% of your daily value of fiber. It does contain 80 milligrams of sodium, but it also contains 13% of your daily uh, value of potassium, 220% of your vitamin C, and 6% of your daily value of iron. That's cool. I wouldn't have thought that broccoli had fat in it. Yeah, neither did I, but I'm sure that it, um, well, I I tried to look up a couple more places, but it's a very small amount of fat. Um, A lot of times if it's in the, you know, it's not very significant in your diet or anything like that, but it apparently does according to the FDA website. Cool. I have a not so, maybe not so fun fact about broccoli, but do you have any good facts about broccoli? <laughs> yeah, so I found a couple of pretty cool facts about broccoli while I was doing some research. Um, so one of uh, those facts was it can take up to a third of a year to actually grow one head of broccoli, which I thought was pretty interesting. So really take value in that broccoli that you're chopping up at the end of the day because it took a little while for that farmer to grow it for you. Then another thing was there's apparently two different types of broccoli. There's a sprouting and heading broccoli. And what we usually see in the U.S. is heading broccoli. Have you ever seen sprouting broccoli before, Em? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they use for broccolini. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I've i also had broccoli sprouts, so I was like, is that sprouting broccoli? Well, if you guys know what sprouting broccoli is, send us a picture um i decided that because we were going to be talking so much about uh the head of the broccoli and how to cook it i focus mostly on that but if you're familiar with sprouting broccoli and how to cook it uh let us know um some other facts that i found out were that uh and this one was really cool broccoli contains a specific antioxidant called sulforaphane which has um, exhibited some positive effects in uh, chemo 
or chemo prevention. Um, and it also contains a substance called indole, which also has seen some positive effects in chemo prevention as well, or cancer prevention. Oh, I was just about to ask. I was like, why would you want to prevent chemo? But I guess, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So um, they've seen some um, benefits with both of those compounds and they're from broccoli. So there have been a couple of medical studies that um, show some promise about those two compounds. So that was exciting. I'm like, man, I definitely need to add some more broccoli in my diet. The indole, though, is specific towards uh, cooked broccoli. So um, it's one of those times where cooking a vegetable is actually um, really good for you uh, and can some, can add some additional benefits. Cool. Yeah, except whenever you cook broccoli, you don't want to keep it in a closed container for too long because it will smell. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, and then my last cool fact is that broccoli is about 90% water, which is crazy because, you know, it doesn't feel wet when you're holding it, but it is 90% water. I wonder if that's why... So, I very much I'm against buying frozen broccoli and like frozen broccoli florets. I know it's very easy. They come in like all those steamable bags and stuff like that. And normally I'm not, I'm actually pro frozen vegetable one because they're cheaper at the store and two, they're actually normally flash frozen. So when people say, Oh, you're, you know, missing all of the benefits that you would get with like a fresh vegetable, you're actually not normally when you go frozen, when you go canned, you, you do tend to, Mm-hmm. a lot of that um, nutrition, but um, frozen vegetables actually don't lose a ton of their nutrition because they're basically picked and then immediately like frozen. Um, that kind of locks in all of the nutrition that is um, in that vegetable when it gets picked. However, frozen broccoli, I guess because it's 90% water, always turns into this like mushy blah when you like it. So I am definitely pro like uh, fresh broccoli if you're going to get it. But if you definitely are a little more cost conscious, um, like frozen green beans are always good. Frozen peas. Um, a lot of other frozen vegetables are are the way to go for um, if you're looking for maybe a more cost effective um, vegetable. It's funny that you say frozen peas because when Emily and I were growing up, um my mom would always make broccoli for Emily and peas for me. And then when we got older, um, because Emily didn't really like peas when we were younger, and I really, really didn't like broccoli. It was the worst. Now I love it. But um, and I always felt like mom would be like, just a couple more bites and a couple more bites of peas versus a couple more florets of broccoli was always a little bit different. She's like, before you leave the table, just eat two more bites. Okay, one more bite. And I'm like, one more bite of peas versus one more bite of broccoli is a lot different. (laughs) I still don't like peas very much. My, My friend in Wisconsin, she hates peas and I forgot and I made her a uh, risotto when uh, she was at our house and I almost threw the peas in and remembered at the last second. So I like set her some aside and then I put the peas in afterwards and she was like, thank you. But I, I, <laughs> I'm i like, who doesn't like peas? And then I was like, oh yeah, Emily also doesn't like peas. They just, they have some weird I, flavor. I must like people who don't like peas. There you go. If you're a part of the anti-pea club, you could be part of the Christina Likes You club. It's a very exclusive club. 
It is indeed. <laughs> um, so tell me like some of the things that you like about broccoli. Um, you know, there's actually a lot of stuff about broccoli that um make it a great vegetable for basically cooking at any time. And that's what I like about it the most is that it's really versatile and it can add a little bit of crunch to basically any type of meal because um, unless, of course, you buy the frozen broccoli, as Emily already said, but if you buy it uh, fresh and you just cook it or stir fry it, um, you can use it as a side. Uh, it just basically can just add a little crunch to whatever whatever meal you're eating and that's why i like it oh also the top holds sauce really well which i appreciate Hmm. okay yeah i would yeah that makes sense especially in a stir fry what about you what do you like most about broccoli um i don't know i just like it i've liked it since i was little and i know a lot of people are anti-broccoli but our mom used to make it in this um, broccoli salad dish, which is not really a salad. It's basically um, you steam the broccoli um, and then you immediately, once it's uh, in there for like a couple minutes and it's fork tender, you plunge it into like this big bowl of ice water um, and then you cover it with, um, it, like once it's cooled down, you drain it and you cover or toss the broccoli with um, some like good seasons Italian um, salad dressing. Oh, and it's mm-hmm. so good and I just like I've liked that since I was little and anytime someone's like oh I don't like broccoli I'm like I could make you like broccoli and maybe I but that <laughs> is like immediately what my mind goes to and I'm like I like it and mom made it for me like this so maybe you would like it yeah um, I do like broccoli salad a lot I don't always like like steamed broccoli but I but definitely mom's broccoli salad, I think, is really what got me on board the broccoli train, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not the eat two more bites. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think if you, when you're talking about, like, the versatility of a vegetable, I am thinking about the fact that I can throw it in, like, a quiche for breakfast, or I can throw like, mm. a stir fry for dinner, or even, like, I could really, like, roast it if I wanted to and throw it on a sandwich. Like, they have that in, I think, like, the homegrown restaurant out here in Seattle or Maybe it's Panera or something. But anyway, or you can make broccoli salad. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do with that that I wouldn't necessarily do with carrots. Like carrots in a quiche just sounds weird to me. But obviously, like you can put those in a stir fry. Um, And I don't know. I guess a lot of vegetables are fairly versatile, but I'm a fan of broccoli, so I'm biased. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, I don't think carrot sandwich sounds appetizing to me either. Well, now they're trying to like in the vegan and vegetarian community, there's like this um, somewhat viral like uh, recipe for carrot bacon where you basically like use a vegetable peeler or slice it really thin and then marinate it and then either roast it or fry it or something like that. And it's it gets a little crispy kind of like. Um, kind of like bacon and it has that kind of smoky flavor from the marinade but um, a lot of people are also saying like rice paper so not the rice paper that you would see like kind of stir fried necessarily if you go to like a Thai place and you order spring rolls Um, but if you Mm -hmm. go and order like the the fresh rolls that come with um, their see-through rice paper and they've got normally like basil maybe some sprouts and some shrimp or tofu if you're like vegetarian 
um, those you can also marinate and bake in the oven. And I've done it a couple times. Gordon Ramsay actually did this for his like vegetarian bacon recipe, which you can find on YouTube. But um, he basically did that and he put like little pieces of like marinated tofu in the middle. So you can, uh, so you get those little kind of like chewy, like parts of the bacon, like interesting yeah and i haven't tried it with the tofu in the middle but i've definitely tried the like regular rice paper ones and i mean it's like all vegetarian substitutes like it's not you don't try it and like immediately be like wow i did it i could like not tell that this was not bacon like it's not (laughs) bacon uh but at the same time like if you're looking for some if you're like trying not to eat that much meat or whatever um one this is a lot cheaper like a pack of rice paper is a lot cheaper than a pack of bacon and two better for the environment so three um they uh they like will they kind of satisfy at least my craving for like kind of something like salty and crunchy and um i'll eat like an entire like four pieces of rice paper that way just because i'm like "Mm, yeah like i don't know it's delicious Mm, sounds like a potato chip to me and something that i would like yeah And it is a little involved. Um, I think I was talking to someone about this the last time I made them was like, when I cook, I like it to be super convenient. And I don't like to stay in the kitchen like for hours and hours on end making a meal. So when I do make this, it's kind of one of those things that takes a longer time. And when I compare it to um, like just getting bacon out of a package and putting it on the sheet and putting it in the oven, like for this, it's a little more involved. Um, I do miss that convenience factor, but at the same time, like, I don't know, when you're like looking to experiment and you want to try something different, like, I I would recommend it for sure. Yeah, it sounds fun. And, you know, I experiment on the weekends. Maybe this is more of like a, hey, we're going to have a fun weekend vegetarian brunch type thing and just try something new. And is there any of it that you think you could prep ahead of time? Um, for that, probably not because, um, you would have to like the rice paper, I would think would get like pretty, like if you marinated ahead of time, it would get either hard if you took it out of the marinade or too soft if you kept it in there. But there's a tempeh bacon recipe. Um, I think it's, I'll have to look up the recipe. So, um, DM us on Facebook or Instagram if you want it, but, um, There's um, a tempeh bacon recipe that's definitely make ahead and is like a hundred thousand times better even than like the rice paper bacon. I always make that when I'm going to make like a a bacon kind of vegetarian brunch or breakfast or anything for myself or for people who I have over. Um, That is amazing. It's so good. (laughs) I made it for mom and dad too. And like that is very hardcore, like not a vegetarian, never going to be one. And he even said, "Mm." so Sounds good to me. I mean, I'll try anything once. Yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't have it again, but I'd definitely try it. Yeah. Um, Except for remember when we were in the Caribbean and uh, they tried to get us to eat termites off the tree? That was n- that was a no-go. <laughs> they were like, it's minty. Oh and I'm God. like, um, I don't think so. Both of us were like, will pass kind of like i mean it was alive like you were expected to like take it off the tree put it in your mouth and like crunch it to death i was like no thank you yeah i think i would do it maybe 
the fact that I'd have to like, but if it ran away on my hand and I was just like sticking my tongue out, trying to catch it like in my mouth, that that was really more so for me. Like, how much is this termite going to run away from me in my hand while I'm trying to like stick my tongue out and like get it? There you go. <laughs> just... <laughs> in my mind, that was a bad picture. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, but back but... to broccoli. Yeah. So, um, Emily... I know that uh, you love broccoli, so I'm guessing you're probably an expert on picking broccoli from the grocery store. Yes, and a lot, I feel like a lot of people might not know this, so I'm happy to share this little tidbit. But um, when you go to, uh, you know, Christina was talking about farm fresh, and that's awesome. Like if you can grow it in your backyard, um, it does take a very long time. Have faith in yourself. But um, if you, you know, can get it farm fresh or anything like that, awesome. But not everybody has that. Most people don't. So my tip for anyone who's buying broccoli at the grocery store is one, get it fresh. And two, if you actually flip over the stock on the bottom, you want to try and get something that's one, not cracked and two, like more green than brown. So that's going to be like your freshest broccoli. As broccoli ages, it tends to get kind of like um, dried out. And that's where you kind of see that big, like the big cracks happening in the bottom of the um, big broccoli stalks. Of course, if you go to Publix, you probably have access to, and this is probably other like fancier grocery stores too, but um, you probably have access to those pre-cut florets that you can buy in the little like styrofoam dishes. That's fine as well. Um, for if you're trying to be like conscious of how much plastic you use, I would definitely like go pro stock and less florets. You can also use the stock and leftover for um, if you're going to make yourself a veggie stock. Um, like you can use this broccoli stock, S-T-A-L-K, to make a veggie stock, S-T-O-C-K, um, later on. Uh, so <laughs> that's like we reduce, reuse, recycle everybody. Um but yeah, and you can keep those in your freezer until you're ready to make the stock as well. So, and I feel like the the actual stocks, the florets, just seem to look nicer and more green and less brown on the edges. I feel like sometimes in those bagged or prepackaged ones, um, you can't always see all of the head. You know, you can't see all of the florets and then you get to the middle and you're like, ooh, there's a couple of slimy ones in here. Yeah, bleh, gross. That's how I always have to like throw out my like bags of like little baby carrots because by the time you get to the bottom, you're like, oh, no, these are not good anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. For us, it's more so like we freeze our spinach in the fridge. So like the last like quarter of our bag is sometimes shot because it's like slimy and wet because it's been like frozen and defrosted which is not appetizing oh but that's a good point for um maybe at the end of your week from when you grocery shopped and you're starting to see that spinach turn in the bag or in the plastic container right and um you definitely can freeze it that's a really good option Yep. And then freezing it allows the spinach to release the water faster. So if you're looking for something that you're not sitting there and squeezing the spinach or having to saute it first, you can skip that step by freezing it because it'll just weep out all the water afterwards. <laughs> um, but so once you pick your broccoli at the store, the next part is you, you have to prep it for cooking, right? So um, you can actually, as Emily said, eat most of the broccoli, including the stem and the leaves. Um, I 
typically don't eat the bottom like maybe inch of the stem because I found that like when I try and cook the bottom inch of the stem or maybe half inch it's really chewy and really hard to get through but um do an experiment maybe your broccoli is a little fresher at your store and um you can try that but uh as far as prepping broccoli, it's actually pretty simple. So, um, you just rinse it and dry it. Um, and then for broccoli florets, that's basically the top part of your broccoli. So, um, it'll usually when you look at the grocery store, it'll look like a tree if you got the whole stock. (laughs) Um, and I'm talking big tree, like you can hold it around the middle with one hand. The tree of life. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. But you can break the top into small little trees and those will be your florets and you can cut them as many times as you want. Um, You cut off the trunks to get your until they're your desired size. A lot of people like bite size. For me, I'm not really picky. I just kind of cut the head and then I chop it into smaller pieces and whatever floret size I get that's what I get. Unless I'm having people over, then I try and make them semi-similar size. But if it's just me and Joe, we're not picky. Um, And then Emily already talked a little bit about uh, what to do with the leftover stock because now you have a stick and you have some baby trees. So with that leftover stock, uh, you can just trim it um, and chop it into whatever size pieces you want. Uh, You could probably freeze it if you wanted to, but we know our thoughts on frozen broccoli and um, you can either make it as a soup base or roast it um, in the oven as a side. Roasted broccoli is delicious. It's kind of like asparagus. Like when you cook asparagus, normally people won't eat like the bottom, maybe inch and a half to two inches of the stock. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree on that. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Cause I do cut off that bottom piece of asparagus too. So yeah interesting that it's about the same same amount of um or just the same amount anyway um so once you've prepped your broccoli you have to cook it so there's of course you can eat raw broccoli um there are some benefits for eating raw broccoli but uh, a lot of people prefer it cooked because um it actually makes it a little bit easier for you to chew uh so Emily, what types of ways have you cooked broccoli in the past? Oh, that's a loaded question. Okay, let me think. Um, I've definitely eaten it raw right on a veggie tray, which I guess doesn't count as cooking. Um, I've steamed it, although I don't really have a steamer basket, so Emily's sparse kitchen, I pretty much just like put it in the pot and like shallow boil it. So and I've also boiled it, which is also probably not the best use of water. Um, and I think I've roasted it. Um, and I don't, I know like you're a big broccoli roast roasting fan, but um, I don't know. I haven't really maybe found the exact right recipe. So how about you? Have you cooked it? And then also um, tell me what your roasting recipe is. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've definitely steamed broccoli and actually we've done, we've steamed broccoli both on the stovetop using a steamer basket, which I asked for, for my birthday, like a year and a half ago. 
Yes, I asked for kitchen gadgets for my birthday. It is what it is. Um, and um, I we've also steamed it in the microwave. Uh, a lot of companies sell their frozen and fresh vegetables in microwave steamable bags. So if you're looking for convenience, that's definitely something that you can consider. Most of the time, check on the bag to make sure that it says that the bag can be microwaved. Not all bags are microwavable. So just make sure before you pop your veggies that you bought at the store into the oven that the bag is microwavable. Um, then I have blanched, which is essentially just a quick boil and then you cool them off right away, which is how my mom typically would um, make her broccoli salad, as Emily talked about earlier. And then we've sauteed broccoli or stir-fried broccoli. We've um, roasted broccoli. And then most recently, literally on Saturday, I pressure cooked broccoli to make a soup, which was pretty exciting. So, um, Ooh, wait, roast. Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, also on that list, I've, I've air fried it. So, oh. I've, we've done all of the ways that you could cook it. We've done it. Yeah, well, I think broccoli is a pretty popular vegetable for us, it sounds like, nowadays. But yeah, so you asked about my roasted broccoli. So we've had some success and some failures. I think it depends on how old the broccoli has been. Because when we got fresh broccoli from Wisconsin and we would chop it and we would roast it right away, it was very good. Um, It wasn't too chewy. But I have found that um, if you buy like older broccoli sometimes the it'll lose too much moisture and you really got to chew through it so um that's been an issue for us that we've seen in the past and one way that I combated that a little bit is I would spray the broccoli a little bit with water before putting it in the oven um and our typical roasting recipe is pretty simple like just salt pepper and um either avocado oil or olive oil. Um, and then we just roast it in the oven for like 20 minutes or so. And then once it's out of the oven, we'll either put a little bit of balsamic on it or a little bit of lemon juice and then typically like Parmesan cheese. It's pretty good. It's good as a side. And I like that it has more of like a roasted type flavor versus like punch you in the face broccoli. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't want to be punched in the face with broccoli either. <laughs> I feel like that's what you get when you steam broccoli, though, right? Like, it's kind of all broccoli all the time. Like, <laughs> you can't get away from it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. But um, so when you're cooking a lot of like... As I talked about earlier, uh, cooking broccoli makes broccoli a little bit easier to chew. So um, that's because when you heat broccoli, the uh, cell walls break down and it makes it a little bit easier uh, for you to um, eat some of that crunchier texture that you would find if it was raw. So the the cell walls for all of us who took, you know, biology and high school and middle school, um, they, they have a, um, pretty firm structure on the outside, especially in broccoli where that, that thing basically grows and stands straight up on its own. So you can imagine crunching through that's probably pretty difficult if you've never had broccoli before, but I'm sure you guys have probably had broccoli before. 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Emily. Have you ever had like chewed into some broccoli and you're like, man, this could have used a little bit longer cook time? Oh, for sure. That and green beans. I'm a more of a softer bite on green beans. And I feel like you and mom are definitely like, oh, they have to be crispy. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've gotten used to the way that probably you like them now because that's what Joe likes. And for me, I just love green beans. So as long as they're not brown, I'm happy. Yeah. But I think and what's interesting about broccoli is that um, sometimes it does turn brown when like you're cooking it. So like, why does that happen? So broccoli turns brown when it's cooked because um, you have to remember broccoli's green. Um, and we do, so, we have to remember that. I mean, yeah, you got to, I mean, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so what some of us may not remember is that green in plants is caused by chlorophyll. Um, and that's what basically, um, that's what helps with photosynthesis for the plants, um, which helps them make their food. So chlorophyll breaks down during the cooking process, um, but it has a collarin ring, um, that contains a magnesium ion and that ion can be displaced by other ions. Um, and when that happens, that basically changes the molecule's ability to reflect light a specific way. So then it'll start to turn brown. Um, and the more heat, the faster the reaction. So you can see how like if you cook broccoli for, you know, five minutes and then you cook it for 15 minutes, then you cook it for 20 minutes, it'll be different colors of green. Um, that's because uh, the longer you heat it, the more acidic the environment will get because broccoli contains its own acid. So even if you heat it in the oven or um, or if you quickly grill it, you'll still see some browning. Um, some of that's uh, Maillard browning, but some of it's also because the broccoli releases its own uh, internal acids that can speed up some of that um, browning that occurs because of the uh, magnesium displacement. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm like, I always wondered why broccoli and other like vegetables would turn brown over time. And that makes total sense. Um, but good to know. Moving on to our recipe part of our broccoli episode. Um, I already talked about my favorite recipe, which is the broccoli salad. But do you have any of like your favorites? Ooh, also, wait, one more thing. Also, I also love Panera's broccoli cheese soup. Oh, it's so bad for you, but it's so good. That's one of Joe's favorites, too. Every time we go to Panera, it, there's no question on whether he's getting broccoli cheese soup, but it's always which sandwich is he going to get to go with it. So, um, I was... Anyway. <laughs> um. So, for me... We have a couple of favorites, but I think our, you know, our most common recipe that we make for broccoli is just roasted in the oven or sauteed in a stir fry. But 
Um, for purposes of this episode, I decided to try a brand new recipe from uh, the Modernist Cuisine um, at Home uh, cookbook, and it is a pressure cooked broccoli soup. It was fabulous. It was like a silky broccoli soup. Um, I brought some over to my parents afterwards and uh, they both basically finished the bowl. Uh, my dad actually sent a picture of the container that I brought over and was like, it was basically like scraped clean. And he was like, it was delicious. So guys, if you want to try it, um, essentially all you do is in your, I use my Instant Pot. Uh, it says you can use a traditional pressure cooker, but my Instant Pot seemed to work just fine. So I melted uh, basically two sticks of butter and stirred in um, about eight cups of broccoli. And then I seasoned it to taste with whatever I felt like seasoning it with. Um, and then I pressure cooked it for 20 minutes. So this was on high. Uh, there are two settings on your instant pot. So um, if you want to, uh, you can try low, but I think the pressure really breaks down some of that uh, cell wall structure. So that makes it the smooth, the smoothest and silkiest soup that you've ever tried. So um, then once it's done cooking, you just instantly release the pressure um, and then blend it in a blender. Uh, the recipe calls for you after you blend it in the blender uh, to sieve it into a pot. I did that, but um, in looking at my finished soup, I don't know that that was necessary. There wasn't really anything left on my fine strainer when I was done. So if you don't have a fine mesh strainer, if you don't feel like it, I don't think it's really going to hinder the soup. But then I added chicken stock, and that's kind of just to get it to the consistency that you're looking for. And then I added um, about a three-quarter cup of cheese afterwards and just kind of blended it until the cheese was melted um, with a whisk, and it was fabulous. It was so good. Um, so if you're looking for a quick recipe where it's like not very hands-on, you just melt the butter, toss the broccoli in, take your dogs for a walk while it pressure cooks, which is what I did. <laughs> and then you just blend it in the blender, add some stock until it's where you're looking for and add some cheese. And um, we had it with toast and um, basically brie that we heated up in the microwave last night. It was great. That's awesome. Oh, I love a good baked brie. Shout out to my friend Leah, who uh, always used to make baked, baked brie for all of us roommates. Oh, it was so good. Did she do the topping on it? Yes. It was so good. It was like baked brie with like, I think honey and like some kind of like walnuts or almonds or something. Oh my God. It was so good. Ugh, Joe loves um warm brie. I, I tried to make baked brie when Jasmine came over once, but I don't think I had the right dish for it. So like it was mostly baked on the top brie and hard on the bottom brie. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I just made it last week. It was... um. Like you take it out of the container, you score the top a couple times and by a couple, I mean like several times. Um, and then you throw it in the oven for 350 for maybe, I think want to say like 10, 15 minutes. Um, and it's, it's not supposed to like, like explode or anything. It just kind of like looks maybe a little bit like puffed up and you can kind of see the bottom layer starting to bubble or like the, the inside starting to bubble out from like where you scored it um and then you just top it with jam and some toasted nuts and it's really really good 
Mm, sounds great. Yeah. But yeah. You don't I'll have to try it again. You don't need like a, a specific pot or anything. Like I just made it on like a heat pan. I, I think it's probably because um, I was using a thicker, um, a thicker walled pot and I like kind of stuffed the brie in there. So there wasn't really anywhere for it to melt to. And then it also had to like heat up the pot first and then it had to heat up the cheese. And I put it in there for like 20 minutes and it was like kind of bubbly. So I was like, it's probably done. But then the bottom was not done. (laughs) But anywho, I'm thinking it's probably just because I used a thicker walled pot. It kind of went to my detriment. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, but yeah so overall my favorite ways to cook broccoli are probably roasted and then this soup was great and um otherwise I mean honestly sometimes if we're looking for a really fast weekend night or weekday night meal I'll just steam it it's great I mean it's a side I know it's packed with antioxidants and vitamins and it's got some fiber so if you're looking just for something Uh, I would suggest broccoli as a side. There's a lot of different recipes out there too uh, for broccoli. So don't hesitate to try a couple. And remember, um, there are some um, cancer preventative properties in there. So yeah. Uh, Thanks everybody for tuning in today. Uh, We really appreciate the support. Yeah, just uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And uh, if not, thanks for listening. And as always, have a drink on us. But not on us. Bye. Bye.